What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another exciting episode of the Wrestling With My Thoughts podcast. Tonight, we're going to get back to the to the wrestling of, the, of things. Um, I think uh, we are going to have some more football talk coming next week. But this week, we're going to be all about the wrestling. we got a lot to discuss. Uh, Kurt, how you doing, man? Good. How you doing? I'm great, man. I'm great. I had a very good week at work. Uh, no issues, no problems. <laughs> so uh, I'm doing well. How about yourself and your week at work? Another busy week, but I'm doing good. <laughs> hey, man, look, as long as you're busy, that's work. So Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it got uh, what, last week, I think it was, week before last. It got um, so slow at work. Like, the other guys in exports were busy, but the people from my accounts weren't moving anything. And then this week, they just decided to start moving stuff. So it was. I was glad because it helped the week pass by. Brandon, what's going on, man? How you doing? Popping tops. Hey, you already know how I get down. <laughs> I'm all right, man. I, I I got some I got some much needed rest today. So yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. How y'all doing, fellas? No doing complaints, good. man. No complaints. No complaints. Oh man, uh, how was your work week, Brandon? Rough. <laughs> just keep just keep uh, keep in mind that you only got a few months to go. Not rough, he- not helping, huh? <laughs> no. Okay, no, my bad. <laughs> it's all good. I, I know what I signed up for. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, we have got uh, quite a bit to talk about this week. Um, the the merger between the UFC and uh, WWE has been finalized. Um, they are now under, <clears throat> excuse me, they are now under the uh, umbrella of a subsidiary of Endeavor called TKO Hold, uh, Group Holdings. Um, I, I honestly, I, I know they announced the deal and everything. So, yes, I knew this was coming. But I never thought I would see the day that WWE wasn't a standalone company and without McMahon being majority owner, um, however you want to word that with the stocks and everything. Um, before we dig into some of these details of the merger being finalized, um, Kurt, what did you what did you think about the, the the merger actually happened? Did you ever think you would see a day where WWE wouldn't be a standalone company? Uh, I did not. But, you know, once everything happened, you know, let's see what I, you know, how everything plays out in the end. Yeah, I'm hoping everything plays out uh, for the better. Um, I, I know with the two companies merging, um, a lot more revenue to play with, I guess. Um, something that we can dive into maybe next week. I know they're... Uh, their uh, TV rights are coming up, so they're going to be negotiating for new TV rights. And from what I'm understanding, the people that are in the lead for that right now are uh, Peacock and Disney. So Disney already, uh, by way of ESPN+, Plus, Disney already has rights for UFC. So it'll be interesting to see where that comes. And maybe you two can remind me, I can't remember, did Peacock buy the network or did they just buy the rights to air the network on their streaming service? I think they bought the rights to air the network on their streaming service. Okay. I couldn't remember. Well, Brandon, what do you think about the merger? Is, is everything said and done? It's finalized now. TKO is 
is a reality. Did you ever think you would see this this day come? No. <laughs> yeah. I never did. I always thought that um well, at least until the day Vince McMahon died, I always thought that the company would be run by McMahon solely. But you know, as time goes on, things happen. So Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You gotta I do agree you gotta do and you just gotta do what's best for business. Cause I think it was getting to a point where I think Vince knew, you know, he's you know, he's at some point he's gonna have to slowly but surely he's gonna have to start giving some of it, some of it up. So Yeah, man, it's it's he's getting older, not younger. It's it's just it strikes me as odd. Well, yeah, I'll say that. It strikes me as odd. I just always saw either Stephanie and or Shane taking over. But I guess I don't think they ever really wanted to. I know Shane didn't, but I'm I I, I think Stephanie did. Yeah, I think Stephanie and and I'm I'll use this term as to be kind of comical, but I think Stephanie may be a little butthurt over all this. Um but who knows, man? The the money they're getting as a result of this merger, maybe ain't nobody upset. But uh, and yeah, what I was about to say, when you got nine billion dollars sitting on the table, I guess you uh I guess you pulled that trigger. Hey um, man, look, money talks. <laughs> Indeed it does. Money talks and I always say, you know, hey, uh, shout out to Bob Barker. Rest in peace. But if the price is right, what did Ted DiBiase say back in the day? Every man's got a price. Every man's got a price for the million dollar man, and it's the truth. <laughs> it took for me to become a, an adult to understand that it was actually some truth behind what he was saying. Everybody has a price. Yeah, man. So everybody. This this is so. This is interesting. Like I said, I just never thought I would see this day. So getting to a little bit of, uh, you know, I guess maybe not so wrestling centered stuff. The board of directors for TKO is made up of uh, Vincent K. McMahon, who is the executive chairman, uh, Ariel Ariel Emanuel, so many words, chief executive officer. Uh, Mark Shapiro is the president and chief operating officer. Uh, Nick Khan, uh, Peter C.B. Bino, Egon P. Durbin, and here's one that, that has some Atlanta roots. Uh, Stephen R. Coonan is on the board of directors for TKO. For those of you who, who may be listening and don't know who Steve Coonan is, uh, hell, for those people in Atlanta that may not know who Steve Coonan is, he is the CEO of the Atlanta Hawks and State Farm Arena. And he is wow. also on the uh, board of directors for TKO Group Holdings. Uh, wrapping this list up, Jonathan A. Kraft, Sonia E. Medina, Nancy R. Tellum, uh, Carrie Wheeler. So, um, and everything was finalized at the New York Stock Exchange on uh, on the 12th. And uh, officially, TKO is trading on the NICE, uh, NYCE, New York Stock Exchange. Um, I know last I looked, the the... Stock closed at one hundred one dollars. Kurt, do you remember me and you having our first conversation when they first went public? Yes, we, I do. Do you not wish you would have bought some of this stock at that time? Yes, I do. Because <laughs> at that time, <laughs> at that time, man, it was like I don't, I don't remember exactly, but I don't think it was over twenty dollars initially. And we were supposed to. Wait, 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 wait. WWE stock was not even twenty dollars when it first came uh, came out 
on the uh, New York Stock Exchange, I think. I would have to look it up to be perfectly honest with you. I'll just put it like this. I remember when it first appeared on the New York Stock Exchange, it was within my budget to buy some. Oh, my goodness. Gracious. And I had, some, I had some for a while, but I don't know if you guys remember, but when the it kind of tanked a little bit, I was like, ah, eh, let me go in and sell it. Yeah, I regret that. It wasn't a lot, but still, I would have got something out of it. But, uh, yeah, it closed at $101 per share. Um, here's a fun fact. Uh, per the agreement filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission, or SEC, Vince will serve as executive chairman of TKO, and this is a quote, until his death, resignation, or incapacity. So this dude is in this seat for the duration of his life, because I don't see him resigning and I, I don't know that this man will ever die or be incapacitated. Shit. He's only human. He's only human. <laughs> so they say. We haven't proven that yet. Um, He's only human. <laughs> let's see. Dana White uh, got a new title. He's now the CEO of UFC under TKO. Uh, Nick Khan also got a new title. He is the president of WWE under TKO. Uh, let's see, according to what I read, and there's some various or varying reports out there, but Endeavor owns 51% of the controlling interests of TKO, and Vince owns 34%, according to SEC filings. That's kind of different from what we talked about even here on the show, being somewhere around 16%, but I don't, I don't know enough about securities and exchange commission filings to really know how to break that down, so... My brain ain't yeah. big enough. Um, <laughs> so, Hill Club, well, shout out to Hill Club. He's on the show. What's up, man? But he posed the question, like, if something happens to Vince, like, say, the guy forbid, tomorrow, who would end up taking over the company? I'm not sure. That is a very good question, Hill Club. Shout out to Hill Club. Very good question. My, I'm, I'm just going to assume, by the way I'm looking at things, it may be Nick Khan. Um, but I don't know. That's a very good question, and we'll try to... Hopefully, maybe within the course of this show, see if there's an answer to that. Um, but I don't know, to be perfectly honest, Hill Club. Uh, this also marks the first time in 70 years, 1953 until 2023, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that McMahon, A. McMahon has not been the controlling partner of the WWE in its different variations. Um, wow. 70 years, man. Uh, that's, that's that's insane. That's a long time. Yeah. That's a long time, boy. Now, I, I think, I don't think uh, Jess McMahon or Vince Sr. could have ever dreamed in their wildest dreams that this company would be valued um, before the merger at $9 billion. Um, and then going into this merger, that only grows. I think they said that the uh, the price, or not the price, but the value had went up some. Now it's like nine point two five billion. Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's insane. And, and to think about, Shane tried to talk Vince into buying WWE in like two thousand four, two thousand five. Hey. So yeah, I guess kind of funny how things come full circle, huh? Yeah, man. God <laughs> almighty. So, That's I don't know, man. a lot of money. Yes, it is. For everybody involved. Yeah. 
Oh. I know Jesse Vince Senior up there, like, hey man, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know, like, I know, you know, hey man, we trying to keep, you know, tradition and all that, but man, nine point two billion dollars, boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <man. laughs> 9.2 billion. I think I would be acting a damn fool. Woo. Oh, man. I got uh, man. I got collision on in the background. Kind of checking yeah. it out. Um, and then, then the crazy part is, both of your kids, both of your kids and your son-in-law are millionaires. And your daughter-in-law. They're all millionaires. Yeah. So, this is money that's going to be passed down to your grandkids, your great-grandkids, your great-great-grandkids, your great-great-grandkids, and so on. And folks, because your your children are already set, so basically your kids are already set. Your grand, it's they're they're going to be set for a very long time. Yes, absolutely. they're good. That whole family, they're good. They got nothing to worry and about. That folks is what we call generational wealth. <laughs> absolutely, it is finest. Yes, like, hey man, like I remember when, when Conor McGregor did that press conference, I think it was for that. I want to say it was for that Floyd Mayweather fight. They was doing them first press conferences and all that. They were talking about him coming to the WWE. He was like, man, the McMahons are some duns, and they are for real. And That's a powerful family, man. And, and, and just, you know, all, with all, you know, everything that's been going on with Vince and all that, all that come with the territory, but just salute the Vince McMahon. He had a vision, and he took a chance on himself, and he looked what it became. I draw inspiration from that, so. Yeah. And the, the irony of that is um, what led to the the fruition of WrestleMania 1 was the money he made off of selling Georgia Championship Wrestling, that time slot, back to uh, uh, Ole Anderson, I think it was. So, it, and, like, then turn around, they ended up buying out WCW. In 2004 or something like that, Shane tries to convince Vince to to buy UFC – Come around 2023, they're all one company now. Um, it's just insane how some of this has happened. I ain't gonna, I, I definitely I, I draw inspiration from that because a lot of people are afraid to gamble on their future. And Vince rolled the dice and won. Yeah, he went through some peaks and valleys and everything. They all did, but look at what this became. Yeah. Now, man, that's now, amazing. <clears throat> and he actually got the money. He sold it back to, to uh, he sold that time slot back to um, Jim Crockett. Crockett, thank you. I, I don't know why I said Ole because I know Ole owned that, it with with he, uh, the Briscoes before that. But um, yeah, and he used that money to finance the first WrestleMania. Yep. yep. Wow. Yeah. It just, it just look what that became. Like, yeah. God, that just blow my. It just blows my mind. Now, like all of these years later. Look at that! Look at what that became. Wow. Here, here is some of my, uh, you know, the young folks call me a gatekeeper sometimes, and I, I fully admit that this is part of what that is when I'm say what I'm about to say, and I'm happy for everybody that benefits from this merger. Um, you know, whether I like them or not, top to bottom, more power to you. Get your money. But in a way, um, and Kurt, I'll ask you more if you if you share similar, somewhat similar feelings since we're in the same age bracket. Um, but in some ways, I also hate this because this is not what wrestling was ever supposed to be. Um, I just 
I mean, it's just going to become bigger and brighter. And it just, to me, I think it, it helps get further and further away from what I initially fell in love with as the wrestling product. Um, what do you think about that, Kurt? Um, it, it definitely does get away from it. And the days that we grew up on is uh, dead and gone. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What, what about you, Brandon? Do you have any, any comments on that? Same. I, you know, I came up in the area where wrestling was going corporate. So this is all I'm used to. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, it's, I knew for a long time, I'm like, wrestling is never going to be those great, like the grassroots of it. And I've seen all the documentaries and everything. We know how it started and whatever, but the grassroots of it, that is over. It's never going to go back. It's never going to go back to that. It's a whole big, everything is a business now. Everything. Um, the, sad, the so, sad part about all of it is if Vince wasn't just such an egomaniac, he could have bought everything and kept the same and still made maybe more money than he's, he's making now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he I agree with made more money. But he because, just took an egomaniac. He wanted to just kill everybody like I'm the man. You could have just bought all of them. And still kept it going, and everybody could have knew you owned them, but just keep it going. Yeah. And then wrestle. And then remember when we was talking about how with WrestleMania, you could have just brought all the companies together. That would have been a big that WrestleMania. Bring all the companies together. Everybody, you know, you build up, you know, your matches and whatever, you know, all the top stars and everything, and then bring them all together. But you know, hey, right? You know, it, 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 we can't undo none of this shit. And then, you know, the, you know, the Indies have pretty much, you know, brought, it's not like the territory territories, but now we have so much wrestling to watch from all over the place. And, you know, we, you know, and it's just going to go from there. Everybody, you know, the big time is the WWE. So that, that's a very just, good point you make there with talking about wrestling. Um, we got a lot of wrestling to watch. I'm going to mention that in just a second, but Hill Club, I want to address uh, something you just said in your comment there, um, Vince always rolls the dice and won. Um, as a point of pride, being a Georgian, Vince didn't win in that deal. It, ultimately, Vince won because he bought WCW, but WCW was not Crockett Promotions. Crockett is what, unfortunately, their bad accounting is what ruined Crockett Promotions, him trying to compete with Vince and not paying attention to his budget. But I can tell you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Kurt, you can back me up here. Vince did not win in Georgia. When Vince bought that time slot, people uh, in Georgia and the people that were able to pick up WTBS at the time called in and complained so bad. Yeah, that's why Vince sold it back. Because you know, in, in, you know, in the South, wrestling is different for us. Like yeah. we had our own uh, stick, mm-hmm. and it's like if it's not. What this is what we've been watching for the last at they, at that point in time 20, 30, 20, 30, 40 years. If this is not what this ain't the shit that I watch every single week, and we are probably a little bit more outspoken than most people. Hell no, bring me my damn shit back, and I'm willing to bet you it's a whole bunch of big mamas and stuff out there. Y'all know what I mean when I say big mama. Yep. There's a whole bunch of big mamas in them out there because I hear them stories all the time. Like man, I start watching wrestling with my grandparents and all that. I know them were the ones that was caught. Most of them were the ones calling in like, you better bring Absolutely. me my damn shit yep. back. Absolutely. Or I know something. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. They, it, yeah. 
hey man, like back in the, you know, just I, I, I heard all of these stories from all, from all these older folks or whatever about how much they love Georgia Championship wrestling and all that. Especially when they find out that you know we do a podcast and all that, and they just light up and they tell all these stories and they was just like, man, look, now bring up, bring us our shit back. This yeah. this was ours. Yeah, we don't want that stuff from uh, from New York. New York is different. It's a different. It's a whole different culture. Whole different. Whole beach. different culture. You know, New York was part of the Union. We are part of the. We were, you know, part of the. Uh, what, what was that? The Confederates back in the day. Uh, well, yeah. We, we're, we're not too proud of that, but yes. No, but but no, but that's what it, <laughs> that's what it is. Like a lot of you know, our culture is totally different. Totally different, and the wrestling was different as well. And it's like, bring me my shit back. Yeah. What man. are you doing? Oh, nobody want to go see all them big, them big old dudes or whatever. We want to see, you know, Georgia Championship Wrestling. Bring my shit back. So, yeah, that's why he lost. <laughs> we, we, we like what we like down here, and, and, and that's just everywhere. So now, because if in, you would have done the same in Puerto Rico, they probably would have revolted too. So now, backing up to the the uh, comment you made just a, a second ago, Brandon, about a lot of wrestling to watch right now. Yeah. Uh, there was a a poll on the Facebook page for wrestling with my thoughts, uh, asking about that very thing. Um, do you think there's too much wrestling right now? Yes, they need to scale it back. No, give me more. Um, last I looked, the no, give me more uh, was at a hundred percent actually. Hmm. Um, but how do you guys feel about that, Brandon? I'll start with you. What do you do? You think right now that we have too much wrestling. I, I'm not necessarily. I'm not necessarily talking about the quality of the shows, good or bad. But do you think, just as a fan, do you think there is too much wrestling on TV right now? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, as a fan, yes, because I can't. There's no way that I would be able to watch all of it. No way. It's not like I'm just sitting at home every day with nothing to do. There's no way I'm going to be able to watch all of the, all of the wrestling that's available. Right. However, I remember a time back in the day where I remember when wrestling came on the seven nights in a week. I remember when wrestling came on six of those nights. Monday Night Raw, okay. Tuesday. Okay. Wait, hold on. Monday Night Raw, Tuesday. That was your off night. Nothing was on. Um, Wednesday. You had, um, I think WCW used to come on on Wednesday instead of Thursday. Then you had Thursday night SmackDown, Friday night ECW, Saturday and Sunday you had your WCW and WWE B shows, and you might have called an ECW show, and then you had your indie shows and all that. Yeah, and nobody was complaining back then. So I think that for whatever type of fan, because there there are a lot of different types of wrestling fans who are into different things and different stars. So I think that for the, for the a, a real wrestling fan is there's hey bring me more. Cause it's wrestling fans that can literally sit and watch wrestling all day long and not complain. Okay. As a casual fan, if you're trying to, if you're trying to sit there and watch literally everything is almost impossible because of just how, you know, just life is. 
It's almost impossible because I do want to watch everything as much as I can, but there's no way because it's just so much of it. So I just catch what I can. Thank you. So, and shout out to Twitter because I get all the, 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 the clips and all that. So <laughs> I don't call it X. I call it Twitter. Yes, I do. I'm part of that 69%. You got damn right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I catch all the little clips and everything, and that's just how I'm able to keep up. So I don't know. I guess for me, what I'm trying to say in so many words is like it's kind of a double-edged sword. Like, no. Give me more, but yeah, it's too much because there's no way that I can consume all of this within a seven-day period of time and then be able to keep up with everything that's going on. Now, before I kick it over to Kurt uh, for that same question, I want to say when I talk about there's too much wrestling, I do mean right now, but I even include the time where we had um, Raw, Nitro, Thunder, and SmackDown, and Heat, and WCW Saturday Night, I thought back then there was too much wrestling. Because, well, I'll go into that in just a second. Kurt, what's your opinion on that? Do you think there's there's just too much on? I do think it's too much on. And on the, the thing that makes it different now, back in the day, back in the day, they knew how to make you make it more interesting and make it make you look forward to something. Right now, it's just so much on that everything is just watered down, and there's nothing to look forward to. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm glad you said that, Kurt, because you remember when before Thunder, before SmackDown, when Raw would go off the air, you couldn't wait until next week's show. There was always a cliffhanger. Yeah, and same thing with Nitro. JR always left you with a cliffhanger. Yeah, same thing with Nitro. So now, to me, not only, and like I said, I'm not going to talk about the quality of the show, but from Raw, the next night is NXT. So you don't really have time to like, oh, man, I can't wait to next week to next Monday night. Because Tuesday night, you're on the NXT. And then Wednesday night, you're on the Dynamite. I think now Thursday is the night without wrestling. Yep. Ain't got football. <laughs> if you got prime. <laughs> right. But, or, or other sources. Um, and then you've, you've got... You got uh, that show on, what's the Friday night show for AEW? Rampage. Rampage. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, And then, you know, all of that. I just think a a, a wrestling fan, you don't have time. Ain't got time to breathe. Yeah. It's like, I can't get, I can't, you know, pay attention to what you're doing here on Monday night because Tuesday night you're shoving something else at me. And then now you got Collision on Saturday. I'll use the example back in the day when they were talking about the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday thing for the NBA. There was going to be NBA almost every night of the week. And it didn't quite pan out that way as we found out. But basketball is a different beast. But at times I felt like there was too much basketball on because I couldn't look at my other shows because I wanted to watch this basketball game. Especially during the playoffs. Absolutely. (laughs) But I just, I just think now, I think they ought to scale it back. I, they are trying very hard, and I think it's gonna be even put, it's gonna be pushed even more so now with this merger. But they are trying to make NXT like an official third brand, which it pretty much already is. Um, and I haven't really watched much of NXT. I'll freely admit that since Vince and uh, Bruce Pritchard went down there and changed everything. It doesn't have the same feel now. The wrestling is more like the wrestling that's on 
on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, Kurt remembers when I was telling him about NXT. I liked NXT better than I did Raw or SmackDown at one time. Mm-hmm. But it's it's all changed now, and I just you know then you've got AEW. AEW first and foremost, they've got they're still too young. They they need to concentrate on that Wednesday show. Get it right before they start a Friday show, before they start a Saturday show. And I understand some of that may be well beyond their control uh, due to the input of uh, the networks. So I don't know, man. As a fan, I'm kind of like you, Brandon. As a, on, on the one hand, as a fan, I'm like, hell yeah, wrestling. But then on the other hand, I'm like, fuck, wrestling. <laughs> but, but yeah, look, to Curtis's point, um, back you know, back in the day, we had something to look forward to every single week. Even um, Hill Club brought up, you know, WWE Metal, which that show was actually WWE Jack as well. It was the same thing. <laughs> yep. And Superstars and all that. And I remember you uh, 11 o'clock before SmackDown used to come on, 11 o'clock on UPN, they'll show uh, Jack on Saturday night. I used to sit up and wait for it because, you know, we didn't have cable back then. So that's the only way I could see what happened on Raw the previous day and get everything, you know, get all the recaps and everything. And, you know, but even then, like, I was excited when I seen, you know, when I, I cut on UPN at 11 o'clock and I saw that intro or whatever, and I still remember the intro clear as day. <laughs> and I just got excited. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, man, even though these like, this the beat, it's like the C show, but I didn't care. It was WWE or WWF at the time, and they was going to put on the show. And I was going to get a cliffhanger. Okay, we need to uh, turn, tune in to Sunday Night Heat. We got a pay-per-view tomorrow. Monday Night Raw, you know, what's Stone Cold going to do to Vince McMahon and all this, that, and the third, what's the Undertaker and the ministry going to do? And it was just always, it just kept you hooked. So the quality of the product was just so much better. I don't know exactly what happened over time and why. Well, I, I can say why, but we'll be, that's a whole other show. I don't <laughs> want to go. Yeah, we'll be but, here for you a know, while. We'll, we'll be here for a while, but you know, man, it was just, it was just so cool back then. And it's, it's, and it's, 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 it's coming back around now. Cause even, you know, my students talk about, you know, we talk about wrestling sometimes or whatever now. And, you know, I put them on some of that old school shit or whatever. And I'm like, man, I, you know, dude, some of these dudes y'all watching right now, I grew up on them. So, you know, man, I, I love wrestling. I would take wrestling to the grave. It was somebody I started talking to. I, that's one of the first things I told her. I said, I'm taking wrestling to the grave. So that's one thing you're going to have to accept. <laughs> wrestling and football, I was going to the grave. Okay? I, think, so, I think I said this on the show before, but when I was, uh, when I had a job where I was traveling quite a bit, I would stop at a hotel before nightfall, stop at a hotel before eight o'clock. Um, if it was on a Monday night, again, this was before uh, Thunder or or uh, SmackDown. I would stop at a hotel on a Monday. Do you guys have TNT and USA? Oh yeah. And if they said no, we got one but not the other. I'd go find another hotel. Like no no bullshit. I went looking for hotels that specifically had, if it was on a Monday night, had both USA and TNT. If they wow. didn't, yep. I would not stay there. And I was recording the shows at home using a, a, a schedule on my VCR. Yeah. You could not miss anything. When the teachers came back to school the next morning talking about what happened on Monday Night Raw during homeroom, mm-hmm. I remember that. And we were like, man, we were sitting there. We would talk for 20, 30 minutes. We both been doing something else. We'd be talking about Monday Night Raw 
and what happened on Nitro the night before. I remembered it clear as day. Yeah. And shout out to him. Shout out to Hill Club talking about that. Y'all remember WCW Worldwide? <laughs> man. Man, I remember all of that. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here with a smile on my face, man. I, those, those were those were my early memories. You know, unfortunately, some of those shows, I caught them on the tail end because, you know, they was wrapping it all up and everything was changing. But <laughs> it was it was just it was just the, the thing to watch on TV at the time. And Unfortunately, because of society, number one, and business, number two, you know, the product has just gone down the way it's going down, and a lot of people are just not as excited about it as before. It's a reason why, and I don't know if we want to segue into this now, but it's a reason why when The Rock came on last night on SmackDown, Mr. Kilpatrick turned into that nine-year-old little boy again, (laughs) (laughs) watching it. Because man, those just bring it bring back so many. Uh, it just bring back so many great memories, you know. Yeah. Well, since you, since That's you brought it cool, up, man. let's let's discuss that. We don't have to go into SmackDown totally because honestly, yeah. I, I hadn't finished watching the whole show yet. Um, no, neither did I. I went to sleep on it. I, I, I spent uh, I spent uh, part of my morning. That's why we're recording at eight PM tonight. Um, I spent part of my morning at the Reptile Expo in College Park. Pretty cool stuff, man. Um, a lot of snakes, a lot of snakes. But snakes. but let's oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but let's talk about the Rock being being on SmackDown last night. Um, we all talked about it in, in the pregame. How we all we didn't know officially, but we all kind of picked up on it when we knew he was there on Pat McAfee show and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And knowing that that SmackDown was was in Colorado last night, um, but. You you say the, the the kid and you popped and I I get that because I you know I cracked a smile to I'm like yeah it's good to see him you know the crowd went nuts I I understand why they have to do it but I hate the seven second delay button mm, oh yeah <laughs> um, I, I understand why they do it but it's annoying as hell um, mm-hmm. but yeah I smiled but at the end when everything was said and done. There was nothing to him being there outside, I mean, and I get it. It, it's, it. They brought him in for the spectacle, but me as the fan, I'm like, okay, what's is he going to announce? You know, he's going to be taking on uh, Austin Theory. Is he going to announce that he's going to be hosting uh, one of the pay per views or something? It, so it kind of left me flat. I was glad to see him, and it was like you know 1998 all over again. But um, Kurt, what did what did you think about him coming back? Do you, we understand that he was brought for the spectacle and for uh, the magnitude of his celebrity. But what did you think about it overall? Him coming back? I thought it was okay. Uh, I didn't like his promo. I think you know he, he was kind of rusty on the mic. I didn't like that at all. But I think you can build on it for later on. I think that- but it was okay. It was okay. I think that might have a lot to do with Brian Gorks not being there because he used to work or write for him. Yeah. Um, well, Brandon, you said you popped um, once Once the kid in you, and I, I completely uh, understand that because I do it sometimes, but um, once the kid in you kind of calmed down and watching, did, you know, were you left kind of flatters like, okay, is this a one and done thing? Uh, what did you think overall? Well, I went and did my research okay. after that. So 
when he was on the Pat McAfee show, um, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but him and Roman Reigns was supposed to happen in WrestleMania uh, 39 in Hollywood. That was this. It was that was supposed to have been the match, but due to I guess the sum it all up creative differences, the match didn't happen, and they decided, <laughs> hey, we might postpone this for a year. So that's why they were making all those, you know, those references towards, you know, the rock and all that stuff. That match was actually supposed to happen. Gotcha. Okay. And so maybe, because he said, hey, I ain't doing nothing around that time or whatever. So I said, well, maybe, maybe this could have been like the test to see how the crowd, you know, received. And of course, man, it's the rock. Of course, you're going to have the crowd in the palm of their hand no matter what. That's the rock. You know what I'm saying? No matter who's writing for him or not. And I will agree when Brian George was, uh, was writing for, I think he was writing for him, especially when he was my, my favorite, my favorite version of the rock is the Hollywood rock. <laughs> and I think Brian George was, was writing for him then. And, um, yeah, this you promo know, you know like, works for point. seven bucks, seven bucks promotions, right? What is it? That's rocks production company. Oh yeah. He works for them now. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just wanted to bring that up. No, I didn't know that, but, but Hey, you know, but there's a reason why Brian works works for The Rock now because he was good at his job. So that makes all the sense in the world now. So, but yeah, especially when look when when The Rock went and did that people's elbow, that's when the nine year old kid came out. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> because it seemed like every week, and I know I don't know if y'all remember when The uh, Rock did that <laughs> when he was the uh, special, he was the referee for The Rock versus Bulldog. On SmackDown for the uh, for the WWE Championship, and then The Rock was just being an asshole as a referee, and then next thing you know, he went did the people's elbow on Bulldog, and he slid into it because he had on church shoes. <laughs> no, I don't remember that. <laughs> and so, but yeah, I, I'll see y'all the clip because that's one of the best people elbow people's elbows of all time. No, I but, think I think Snoop's is the best. No, nah. <laughs> not, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> but. It's just that, you know, just to see when he, when they got him in position to do that people's elbow, yeah, that nine-year-old kid came out of me all over again, man. Yeah, man. And I think it did in the crowd as well I, because I that think, was one of the loudest damn pops I had seen in a while. I think for me, it was when I heard, if you smell, that's, that's kind of when I popped. It, it, but, but you know what, though? The funny part is I wasn't actually watching SmackDown when that happened. I was watching something else. And then I was just going through, just looking, and they was like, "Yeah, rock big." And I was like, "Oh shit!" They need to help change the channel, and I did it like just in time or whatever. And I was just like, "Man, like it, it just doesn't get it. It just doesn't get old." That's all I can say. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I was I was happy to see him. It just felt right. I was happy to see him, and we don't know how much longer that we have to really enjoy him. He's 51 years old. So we don't know how much longer. We don't know if he's going to actually do another match or anything. But every moment that you get to see those guys, those old, you know, those old, you know, we got, I can't believe them calling them old timers now. You know, but, you know, you, 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 the Rocks and Stone Colds and Triple H's and all that, you don't never know when it's going to be the last time you'll be able to see them. So it's like you just enjoy them every time they come around and just do anything. You just enjoy them because you don't know when that's going to be it. You know, a lot, a lot of folks really turned off wrestling when the Rock and Stone Cold retired. That's when they turned it off. Yep, yep. And it just they retired, and that era was um really after that um 
and they retired, and then they kind of some of them kind of held on with you know Eddie Guerrero and uh, Benoit and Triple H was you know, Evolution and all them guys, Batista and all them was still wrestling and everything. But then, man, right around maybe 2008 when they went PG and everything, a lot of people tuned out. And so it's just great. It's just good to see those guys that you know they, they come back every so once in a while, man. Because those those were just great. Those were just good times, you know. Good, just good times. Good times. And you just you know you just you just appreciate them now because you don't know you might wake up tomorrow and they're gone. So you never know. Yeah, I mean it's it's I, I agree. I agree. Um, it's. Uh, you know, you never know when somebody's going to check out of here, so there's always that. But um, especially for guys like us three, um, we watched them their entire careers. So it's, yep. it's good to have that, that feeling come back every once in a while. Um, Hill Club, we'll get, but, you, but, we'll get but, you in here before we get off tonight. We'll get you in here. But, it, but isn't that crazy? Like a lot of these guys are like, dang, because now I'm at that age now where I'm like, darn, I sat here and watched this whole person, this person's whole career. Yeah. I'm with the age now. Like I've, I've watched the entire career. I'm like, shit. <laughs> so let me ask this: Do y'all do y'all want to run through these these shows real quick, and then get into some wrestling news? Because there's there's a piece of wrestling news I think we're going to spend a little bit of time on because um, there are some differing opinions among the three of us on that piece of news. Um, so y'all want to run through the shows real quick, or do you want to jump right into the news? Let's go to the news. Yeah, let's do the news and then the show. All right. So the show. We'll start off with Monday Night Raw from. No, no. Do the news. No, let's do the oh, news. news. I thought y'all said. Show. Right. No, let's do the news. For, for, the, for the benefit of the listening public, Ron Glaze is officially deaf. And literally, too. Um, all right. So we get over here to the wrestling news. Uh, Matt Riddle. <laughs> Matt Riddle might be the biggest dumbass in all of professional wrestling. Or what did he do? Um, he made sexual assault allegations against a Port Authority officer at JFK Airport um, by way of an Instagram post that's since been deleted. Was um, it a man or a woman? Huh? Was it a man or a woman? I think a man, the way this, is, this has been uh, written. Uh, but yeah, he he accused them of sexual assault. Um, what he failed to mention was the entire reason the Port Authority officers were there was because they got a call from the airline about a disruptive and disorderly, possibly inebriated passenger. I'll give you three guesses who that passenger was, and two of them ain't right. Okay, Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle was the one they were calling about. That's the whole reason that they were there. So TMZ reports, um, like I said, that they were called for a disorderly uh, passenger getting off a plane. Uh, there weren't any charges filed, um, but that that whole allegation uh, caused so much of a ruckus. Now the Port Authority Police Department is doing an internal in investigation. I don't know if it's on that officer specifically or the incident as a whole. So I'll just say this to Matt Riddle. If you cause that individual to get investigated over some bullshit, fuck you. Um, yeah, well, um, this is like, I know Matt Riddle's had, I think, 
two cases of filling uh, drug tests. The last time they sent him to rehab and now this potentially inebriated coming off a flight. I think he was coming back from India. Um, that's why I think we may see him cut here in the very near future. What do you think, Kurt? Uh, yeah, he's an idiot. <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised if he got uh, fired as well. Because he has no value right now. Yeah. He has no value in what they're doing. So, and then the other thing is, and we'll get into this as we talk about this news, there are going to be cuts in WWE. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what he's doing is not helping his service yeah. himself at any uh, help at all. Now, before before we go any further, something I meant to bring up earlier, and it just uh, thought just occurred to me again. There was a comment made by one of the execs from UFC that said their their goal is to have every UFC fan be a WWE fan and every WWE fan be a UFC fan. Dana White, when he was asked about that comment, said it was the stupidest thing he'd ever heard. So that tells you how different, how much of a difference of opinion there is just within the uh, UFC. Um, and I agree with Dana. I, I, agree I do with too. Dana. I do too. Um, but yeah, Kurt, you're right. There, there are going to be some cuts. Um, I'm sure they're going to trim costs. First and foremost, I, I'm very certain they're, they're going to start trimming costs uh, within the corporate side of things, where there's any crossover between positions. But I, I can absolutely see them cutting some talents. I mean. They got over a hundred wrestlers, so yeah, I could I could see that happening. Um, Brandon, what did you think about this incident? Oh, and and not only that, y'all, this took place the day before the finalized merger, so just a bad look, just a bad look before the biggest day in WWE history. Um, but Brandon, what did you think about uh, what Riddle did? I just couldn't do nothing but shake my head. Yeah, I just shook my head like. Dang. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. And um, if if he did not offer better, any sort of uh specifics, just that he was sexually assaulted after he said no, and then he deleted. I just the tweet. find that hard to believe that. I just, I just that whole thing. I just find it yeah. hard to believe that some, like, especially a man, would want to touch him unless you know he, you know. If we we've been through TSA, so it's like I don't like going through it because I'm like I don't <laughs> want nobody trying to trying to you know doing. Hey man, I've played sports, so I've had my nuts grabbed before. Getting that physical is nothing nice. <laughs> Did Brandon cut out? No, he's there. Well, I see him here, but his mic is either muted or turned off because it's in the gray. Oh, he just fell off. Okay, yeah, he'll probably come back on here in just a second. Uh, please let Randy RKO in. Uh, I think he'll be gone before Randy gets back. Uh, uh, you there, Brandon? Brandon is back. Yeah, I'm back. Right. It, did, it, did, it, did, it, did, it did that thing again. <laughs> that thing and I'm like, there. I'm sitting up here, I'm, and I'm sitting up here like I'm refreshing the page. So I guess I don't know. I'm leaning back in my chair and it got a little too comfortable. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, don't fall asleep and start up and start swimming. No, I'm not falling asleep. No, I just got, I got comfortable and all that. And the next thing you know, I'm like, why ain't nobody said nothing to me? <laughs> <laughs> and I look, I said, oh shit, it's the, oh shit, damn screen black. Oh, click, 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 click. 
But you were saying you were saying about uh, uh, Matt Riddle. All you could do is just shake your head, huh? All I could do is just shake my head. It's nothing. I don't have much. I, I could just shake. Yeah, cause, I mean, it's, I just shake my head like I'm. I just feel like I'm at work all over. I just shake my head. Yeah, like, I mean, you 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 gotta. Yeah, I, I'll just like that. But I just think it was a stupid thing to do. Um, this oh. piece. This piece of news is is a couple weeks old, but because we did the uh, the show about football last week, we didn't really get into it. But the rumors about Edge possibly going over to AEW, I personally don't think that will happen. But as we said earlier, money talks. Um, but in in response to those rumors, uh, Edge did a Twitter video and said that the WWE did not decline to agree to what it would take to keep him. That that's false. That's a false report. And he noted that there is a there was an offer at that time in his inbox. Um, he didn't address anything about AEW. He just addressed the rumors as it related to WWE. Now, to, to my knowledge, he still hasn't uh, resigned. And, and quite frankly, if they do, I think, I don't think it will be in any sort of, um, not long term, but... Uh, any, uh, damn it, day in, day out type of contract, just kind of like a, almost like a Legends thing. Um, no. So, Brendan, let me ask you, do you think there is any, I don't want to say any possibility because there's always possibilities, but do you think Edge will end up in AEW? It could happen. It could happen. And then he'll go to AEW and then link up with Christian. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm and I I agree it could happen. Uh, it would I just my don't see it. definitely. Yeah. It would definitely if Edge goes that it, it would be nice to see Edge to wrestle somewhere else besides WWE. I think that would be pretty cool. So, and I was just the perfect situation which is would would be him and damn Christian. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the five but seconds them of them oh my god no no them going against each other because oh. those promos would be gold well, Kurt, especially on Christian's end like I yeah Kurt what do you think about uh, Edge possibly ended up in AEW I think it's a, a very small possibility he's not hurting any money right now um, he wouldn't be doing any more Days on what he's doing now, what they did to be like once here and there, like he's doing with WWE now. So I don't, I don't see that. Yeah, I and, and I agree. And, <clears throat> and let's be honest, you would be getting Edge at he's still in shape. Don't get me wrong, much much better shape than I am. But he's he's not young anymore. He can't do some of the things he used to do. I do not, under any circumstances, think that they should try to recreate. Edge and Christian versus the Hardy Boys, which is what I've seen a lot of people say online. No, 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 hell no, no, no. leave it alone. <laughs> they would do it. They would do that. They would, they'll put them together. Let's so let's say he did go there. They'll do it at the Hardy Boys. They'll have them go against RTF. They have them go against all the tag teams up there. That's what they would do. Because that's that's what Tony Khan would love to see. Yeah, and they would definitely be heels. 
Yeah, you're, you're they right. probably, probably had Luchasaurus doing all the work for them. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And um, so on some viewership news, um, per WrestlingNews.co, uh, the latest episode of NXT drew in nearly 200,000 more viewers than the previous episode, which was at 673, 673,000. The episode had 850,000 viewers, and that is the most viewers for an episode of NXT in three years. You know why, don't you? Well, why they had it? Because oh, Becky yeah. Lynch was on there, right? Yeah. Yeah, I figured as much. But, uh, man, shout out to NXT. Hopefully y'all can keep it up. I don't think you will. But, but, but that's something that the WWE is doing that we talked about months ago, that they're incorporating people, more people on the main roster to be on NXT on Tuesday, and it's working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's why that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, um, them trying to make NXT a third brand. Um, so, I mean, if it works, it works, man. I mean, if it's best for business, as their motto says, it's best for business. Um, the show, that, t- that Tuesday night show is pretty good. Yeah. Shout out to Tiffany Stratton. I'll, yeah. I'll try to get yeah. back into it, man. It just, like, they lost. When I tuned in and I saw Bright everything, I'm like, this thing... This ain't NXT, man. This is some other shit. So, uh, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll check it out on Tuesday. Actually, I can go back and watch it this evening. But um, Al Snow was asked about uh, the CM Punk situation, him getting fired. Al, Al Snow. Yep. Man, have you seen him lately? He don't even sound the same anymore. He, he certainly don't look the same. Al is ripped now. Yeah. yeah, he owns OVW, um, but he was asked about the CM Punk situation, and he suggested, and I agree with this 1,000%, uh, he suggested that Tony Khan needs to shift his focus from being well-liked by the wrestlers and be more focused on earning their respect. Um, I 100% agree with that. I like that. Um, there's, there's really nothing much you can add to that. And I agree with it. Um, I was listening to, I want to say, I, I don't want to say who it is cause I can't remember, but they were saying, echoing these same sentiments, basically saying that, you know, Tony, Tony has somewhat proven with the first incident with CM Punk that, you know, he, he can be a pushover. Um, and he, he still hasn't proven anything in terms of being a, a stern leader, stern manager, or uh, owner, if you will. So, yeah, I agree with that. On that. Um, he also stated, and this is a quote here, Punk's got a very strong personality. The problem with Punk, with Punk is you have to have strong leadership, and you have to have as strong a personality as the talent do. And that's yep. where things can go straight. I agree 100 percent with what he said. Absolutely, and I, yeah. I don't even really have anything to now add to that. And that's why I said, I said now that shit he was in WWE, that shit went the flu. Yeah, because I mean, it wouldn't because he had, they had, the WWE had strong leadership. Mm-hmm. It, it would not have flu. Absolutely not. And he know he know he couldn't go over there and do that because the buck stops with one guy in WWE. Exactly. So, like you know, it's certain. It's certain people that people know that it's certain people that people know they can get over on, and it's certain people that people know I cannot fuck with this person like that. So I'm gonna be on my best behavior. 
Hill Club. Let Trust me, me, I know. Hill Club. Let me say that um, I I agree first and foremost that Punk wanted to be a leader in the locker room, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that personally. But you also have to remember that Collision was created for him. So he was, quote-unquote, the undertaker of that locker room. There were certain people that you didn't see on Collision because Punk didn't want him there. He, he No, we don't need that kind of shit on this show. Um, and as you, I think, as you saw from the, the Collision after Punk got fired, it's turned into just another episode of Dynamite. Yep. So I'm kind of halfway paying attention to it now, and I haven't seen anything that's really jumped out at me. So I did. It was, it was bad. <laughs> okay. Fair point there, Kurt. Um, and then even with the Jungle Boy situation, I want to address that real quick because I'm first and foremost, there's a whole lot of different stories out there about what actually happened. So I don't know what happened. But I will say that people are blaming Punk. And I think we kind of did it, too, on the episode where, where the, the the first glass incident on Collision came up. It, I found out since then, at least from what I've read, that um, Tony Schiavone and a couple of other agents, all of them told Jack Perry, no, he wouldn't listen. They went to Punk and asked Punk to address him about that. So, on the one hand, I do agree, hey, man, just keep your head down, do your job. But if you come to me and ask me and y'all want me to be a leader here, then go address it. Because I do think that if that, if that very same thing happened in the WWE and it was The Undertaker instead of Punk, nobody would have blamed The Undertaker at all. Hell no. Ain't <laughs> no better than this. Ain't no better than this. <laughs> um... On a little bit of sad news, I mean, it's 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 good. It was good to read it, uh, but relating to Bray Wyatt, um, JoJo finally uh, broke her her silence since his passing, and posted a very long and heartfelt, uh, I guess, tribute or goodbye or whatever uh, to Bray Wyatt on Instagram. And I read the whole thing. It was a it was a beautiful piece, man. I mean, this this woman poured out so much love for him that. It was it was heartbreaking to read, uh, but she did say just a couple of things in there. She said that she had struggled with what to say or if to say anything and how to express it. Um, in that post, she did exp- express her gratitude for their for their love and the children that they had, the love they had for the children. She called Bray Wyatt the very best person she has ever known, and that she had found true love with him. So. Um, Still, man, uh, hearts go out to the uh, to the Rotunda family, um, especially JoJo and the kids. Uh, that healing is going to be hard. Uh, so just you know, continue to keep those those families in your thoughts and prayers. Hey, you don't get over you don't so you don't get over grief overnight, man. Absolutely, I, I read something this week in in unrelated subject matter. A person, I think they they had a quote from Keanu Reeves that says, you never get over grief, that it's always there. You just learned how to, instead instead of letting it pour out negatively or in pain, that you you find a way to rejoice in the memory of those people. Yeah. And I think think that was beautiful. Yeah, you you just learn how to deal with it. 
because it never goes away. You just learn how to deal with it. Yeah, you know, I mean, every so often it, it, it comes back, but you literally just learn how to just you just not literally learn how to just deal with it, and that's all you can do. Coming up at the near the end of December this year, um, it'll mark the thirtieth year since my grandfather passed away. And I was extremely, the, the grandfather on my mom's side, I was extremely close with him. I uh, spent a lot of time with him, learned a lot of stuff from him. Um, but I could not believe it had been 30 years since he passed away. And talking about grief, I I still felt just as sad. I miss him, all of that. So yeah, man, it's it's not something you can, like you said, Brandon, it can't just get over overnight. So You never get over it. <laughs> It's just, you literally just learn how to just go through day-to-day life without that. You just have to adjust. But just ever so often, you know, it might be a song or, you know, anything that just remind you of that person. And everybody deals with it different. So it just goes, you know, it just it's just a hard thing to deal with, but unfortunately, that's life. It really, really is. Y'all, we do, we all do have an expiration date, and that's something that we all just have to. Maybe may not always understand it, but we always, we all just have to deal with it because it's, it's it's life. There's nothing you can do about it. It's out of your hands. Well, all right, let's move on. Something <laughs> I was, I was just about right. to say, let's, let's, let's get out of this summer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get on. Let's, let's get on that. Get on to uh, <laughs> one of the what I think will be one of the kind of heated moments here. Um, there are rumors swirling around that Jade Cargill may jump to the WWE. Um, uh, supposedly, she had her final match against Chris Statlander on Friday. Um, now, if that's her last match of this current contract, that's to be, you know, to be found out. But apparently that was her last match, um, and there are a lot of rumors swirling that she will jump. Um, so, we're going to talk about that. And uh, I think there's going to be some contention here because of a couple of different opinions, but um, Brandon, starting out with you, do, one, do you think she'll jump? And two, do you debut her on the main roster? Number one, she's coming. She's absolutely, she's coming. Okay. That's been talked about for a while now, before um, she, took the, uh, you know, she took her sabbatical and everything. She's coming. Um, do I think that they should debut her in NXT? No. I think that she should go to the main roster because I think that she will be definitely be an attraction. I'm not saying that if she goes to w, if she goes to the NXT, it'll be a downgrade because NXT is a very good show right now. So I don't think it'll be a downgrade. But I think that because of who she is and she's very well known. I think that with just because just just because that's of who she is and how she presents herself, I think that she would be better suited on the main roster versus the NXT roster. However, if she goes to the NXT roster, 
I wouldn't have an issue with that either because I think that that would bring in ratings. Okay. Because now she's very she's very well known now, so I think it will bring in ratings. And um, but then again, if she goes to NXT, who she's going to feud with? Well, I, I think I think, and Kurt, I'll, I'll ask your very same opinions here in just a second. I think with with her coming over, if she doesn't debut on, and I don't think she should come right over and jump on, like say she signs with them today. I don't think she should debut Monday on the main roster. Um, I think she needs to be sent to NXT, one, to learn how to work the WWE style, as they call it. Um, it's a bigger ring. You got to make some adjustments and running the ropes and all that stuff. And I think that with the people they have running the performance center in NXT, they could help, one, get her up to speed on that style. And I think, two, make what she already has as a natural athlete make that better for wrestling. Now, I think that she should go to NXT first. Um, that's just my personal opinion because I don't think if you put her on the main roster right now, and this is no disrespect to Jade Cargill, she's one of the bright lights in that women's division. Um, and in my opinion, there's only two of them. And she wrestled her Friday. But um, I think you debut her on NXT. You don't immediately debut her on Raw. I think you can work that into an angle. I think she could come in and say she takes it as disrespect, whatever. But if they don't do that, I definitely think she should spend a month or two in in the performance center getting up to speed on that style and then debut her. It's going to be tough to keep that under wraps. Though. So, but Kurt, what do you think? I disagree with everything you just said. <laughs> I think let's do because it. of the <laughs> I think because of the women in WWE are so seasoned that they can make her look good in any match. Because mm-hmm. those women in WWE are so talented, they can make anybody look good. And I think that's where she they can build her up to where you think she's where you say she's green now, they'll make her look like she's not green. Mm-hmm. And her name is so big right now, she cannot go to NXT. That was that's that's a step back. Mm-hmm. It's like AEW was NXT for her. Exactly. So now yeah. if she go to WWE, you got too many talented women there that can make you look good and build you up. And if they if they you because she's built <coughs> the female Brock Lesnar. Yep. That's what she could be. Yeah, I don't. That one thing I do agree with. What what Ron said was let her about maybe a month or two let her get used to the ring and everything because that is an adjustment. Let her get used you to do, the ring and everything. Do all that behind the scenes. Right, right. And I agree. That's what I'm about to say. Don't nobody need to know. She can get their right. view and, and, and on the main roster. And 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 that in that respect, I I will agree with you too on debuting on the main roster if they bring her in as quietly as they can as secretly as they can. And nobody know that she's there yet. If it were me and I'm WWE, I definitely think they can do that. I would, I would and not, I think, and I think they will do that. And I think that would be brilliant because I would love to see a match between her and Rhea Ripley at some point. Hell yeah, I would love to see that match. Yeah. Um, and and Hill Club, Woo. you said uh, they need contenders, even though they brought Nia Jackson. No, they need insurance because they brought. 
Nia Jax back. Uh-huh. I think she is beautiful. I follow her on Instagram. <laughs> and, and whatever you want to say, but that woman is dangerous in the ring. You need to buy insurance with Nia Jax. I mean, I'm, I mess with, I mess with Adam a little bit on the, uh, on the Facebook group, but I'll, I'll admit she's dangerous in the oh rain. <laughs> so she do, hey, to buy insurance for Nia Jax. Y'all don't watch Stevie Richards. Oh, I think he got a YouTube and a TikTok and all that. Y'all need to watch that shit because he broke down Nia Jax's return. Oh, excuse me. And he said that oh, he he spelled out everything that she did wrong. Because when I saw that buzz I drop on real ripping, I was like, damn, I, I know good damn well she 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 broke a rib or something. Cause that shit look like it hurt. Yes, it did. She put all Nia Jax, not Nia Jax probably got about a hundred pound ass. She put all of that weight on her midsection, man. I'm like, now nah, no good damn well. <laughs> I know that hurt. Come on, man. But yeah. <laughs> damn. Yeah. She she yeah. So yeah, yeah, on on going back to almost said Nia Jax. Going back to uh Jay Cargill. Uh I, I will agree with you guys. If they send her down to the performance center to get her up to speed on the WWE style. Um, and then debut her on the main roster. I think that that works. Uh, but just to sign her on Saturday and debut her on Monday, um, I, I think that may be a bit too quick. I think you may oh, be yeah. you may be able to get away with it by keeping her out of any scuffles right away as she's training. Let her be on TV and talking shit and all that uh, to build it up. So. Wasn't quite as controversial as I thought it would be because y'all brought up some very good points, to be perfectly honest with you. So, but yeah, uh, Hill Club said she broke a, she broke a whole bone. <laughs> hey, I had to put my microphone on mute because I saw that and I, I, I lost it again. My own, my own. All right, man. I thought I was like, damn, she damn, she split her asshole for real. <laughs> Hey man, you, you know, you know, uh, uh, Sean Walton did that, right? And I, yeah, and I was like, how the hell do you split he, your ass? I, 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 don't, I don't, don't even want to think about it. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, just like how the fuck? Like, how? How? He's how? The force, <laughs> you got to remember doing the Bronx. Bronx. Take my glasses so. <laughs> Say Wecker. Say Wecker. No, I said I had to take my glasses off. You know, but doing the Bronco Buster, your legs are already spread open to hit with a little too much force. And oh my god, I can't. You know what? Let's move on. I don't even because I, I saw the clip when that happened. You can see he like he grabs his ass like oh oh no oh my god. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Oh man. So I can't even imagine. We're gonna run through (laughs) We're gonna run through the shows real quick here. We're not gonna folks, we're not gonna spend a whole lot of time on this. Uh, because quite frankly, just frankly, there's not a whole lot to discuss um, as far as the shows go. But um, on uh, Monday Night Raw this past Monday, Jay Uso kicked off the show, coming to the ring, didn't get a chance to say very much. One, I think he took too long to absorb the crowd. Um, and then he was interrupted by Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens came down and ran off at the mouth about why he didn't trust Jay. Then he was inter- interrupted by Judgment Day coming to the ring. And I want to shout out uh, Wrestling With My Thoughts listener, Rome Davis. Rome Davis was in the house this past Monday at, at Monday Night Raw. And I asked him if as much as or as loudly as Dom was being booed, could he tell if the if the boos were being piped in or if that was actual crowd booing? He said the crowd is booing, but you can definitely tell that they're pumping those boos in. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of ruins like, oh man, Santa ain't real. <laughs> but no, I think it. But you know what though? I think in the very beginning, the crowd was booing. Oh, I'm like, sure. I'm sure. But then you know they got to keep it going. Because after a while, I was like, all right, man, we don't give a fuck no more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Judgment Day coming out ended up with uh, Damian Priest and Finn Balor taking on Jey Uso and Kevin Owens. Uh, Judgment Day wins. Bleacher Report gave the, the uh, match a B-minus rating. I would probably agree with that rating. But I am not interested in seeing any sort of tag team involving Kevin Owens and Jey Uso. I have zero interest in that. Um, either one of you guys got any, any comments on it? No, <laughs> I do. I do. What's up? I think I think the way they're handling Jay, I, this I think this is going to be just terrible. I'll say this because I, I, I just think this is going to be so bad. It just got terrible reading off. I I, I, I agree with you, but just just the vibes I'm getting off the first couple of times I've seen him out. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be very good at all. Um, I think they're going to continue to go with it, but I don't think it'll be very good. Um, uh, I haven't, uh, I kind of feel the same way about Jimmy on SmackDown. I feel the same way about both of them. Yeah. Yeah, They don't, they don't need to be apart. They need to be together. I I agree. They don't feel right. It, yeah. it feels terrible. It just it, don't. It, it's it, not right. Yeah, because yeah. there's some like, guys, there's some guys that aren't as good apart as they are together. Um, Deadly boys. Agreed. I was going to use Rock and Roll Express. Though, although those guys, I had, think that's a, I think that's a better example. Although those guys had success both as singles wrestlers before they came together, they didn't have near the success that they had together that they did apart. Even when and on the reason I, I'm, I'm sorry. On the reason I think the Dudley Boys are different because Bully Ray can hold his own. D yeah. can he can't do it by himself, but Bully Ray can stand on his own. Yeah, I, I, would, I, I would agree with that statement. I would agree, but I, I, I agree in the sense that breaking them up was a bad move because Devon, I don't know if it was him or if it was lack of whatever, but it just didn't work for me. So, I, that's another conversation they, they, I want to talk about, but yeah. we, don't have, we don't have time for that. Yeah, I definitely want to bring that up. I, I, I know that if that, that first initial breakup, I hated it because both of them, ugh. 
But then Bully came along later. But yeah, that's another discussion for another day. Uh, second match on the on the card for Raw was The Miz versus Akira Tozawa. Winner is The Miz, and he won clean. Bleacher Report gave this match a grade of a C. Um, I'll probably agree with that as well. Um, I asked the question on the Facebook group. Uh, what was your opinion of Miz? And I kind of agree with everybody else um, that I do think he'll be a Hall of Famer. Um, he may not be everyone's cup of tea, but he is very good at his job, what he's been asked to do. Uh, he he never says no. Uh, and he's been there for almost 20 years. So um, shout out to Miz. Then we had the celebration of Gunther. Uh, surpassing the Honky Tonk Man as the longest tenured uh, Intercontinental Champion. And as a side note, from what I understand, Honky Tonk Man was asked at the Fans Fest his thoughts on that. About the, at that point, it hadn't happened yet, but asking about it upcoming. From what I understand, Honky Tonk Man said, I don't give a shit. I don't work for those people anymore. So, I'll tell you how seriously he took the Intercontinental title. Uh, Chad Gable interrupts the celebration, demands another title shot, blah, blah, blah. Ended up in them fighting. That'll come up later in the show. Third match was Xavier Woods versus Drew McIntyre. Winner was Drew McIntyre. Future Report gave that a B plus. Uh, fourth match was Chelsea Green taking on Shayna Baszler. Winner was Shayna Baszler. Bleacher Report gave that one a C minus. And then Seth Rollins had a long, long promo that was made even longer when they brought in Nakamura. Um, but anyway, apparently their rivalry isn't over yet. Uh, fifth match was Tommaso Ciampa and Alpha Academy taking on Imperium. The winner was Tommaso Ciampa and Alpha Academy. Bleacher Report gave this match a B plus. The main event featured Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez for the Women's World Championship. Winner was Rhea Ripley, thanks to interference from a returning Nia Jax, uh, laying a stiff Samoan drop on Raquel Rodriguez outside the match, or outside the match, outside the ring, and then going into the ring and doing the bonsai drop very stiffly on Rhea Ripley. So we'll see what comes of that. I'm afraid they're going to try to turn this into a three-way dance. Um, Bleacher Report gave the show overall a B plus, or I'm sorry, a C plus. Say what, Kurt? I said, no, the resistible hole. <laughs> Look at him, <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right. So, AEW, I'll just run through the matches, the winner and the uh, the rating. First match was Big Bill versus John Moxley. John Moxley bled, believe it or not. He did? Yep. Yeah. Strange, oh, right? Never happened. Never, oh. ever, ever, ever. Winner was John Moxley. Police report gave this match a C+. Plus. Uh, Britt Baker took on Hikaru Shida, Nyla Rose, and Tony Storm. It was a Grand Slam Women's Championship four-way eliminator. Can we please get rid of these tournaments and, and multi-person matches? Uh, the winner was Tony Storm. Bleach Report gave this match a B. Um, we saw the return of the Sex Goals. Third match was Hangman Adam Page. 
taking on uh, Brian Cage. Winner was Hangman. Uh, Bleacher Report. Never in my life would I have ever thought Brian Cage would be in a match to get an A rating. But this one got an A. Let's see. Fourth match was Darby Allen and Nick Wayne taking on Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. Winners were Darby Allen and Nick Wayne. Got a C plus from Bleacher Report. Main event, Samoa Joe versus Roderick Strong. This was for the, uh, this was the final of the Grand Slam World Title, World Title Eliminator Tournament. Winner was Samoa Joe. It got a uh, B plus and I'm really looking forward to the match between him and MJF next week. Uh, Bleacher Report gave this show overall an A, which I think is laughable. Now, speaking of AEW and Grand Slam, uh, WrestleTix noted, and this is as of September 13th, may have changed, but WrestleTix is reporting that the show has only sold out of 12,129 seats, they have only sold 6,284 tickets, leaving 5,845 out there uh, hanging. Um, what do you, Brandon? What do you think this says, if anything, about um, you are uh, the the live attendance interest in AEW here in the states? I guess in the states they just don't give, they just don't care. <laughs> I don't disagree. overseas. Overseas, it will be more of a draw because you know wrestling, the, the main companies don't come overseas like that. So it's like this might be the one chance we get to see it. So I can understand that, but over here it's like. You know, you, you're not putting out a product that's good enough for us to want to come actually pay money and see it. And the money, and you, the ticket, y'all, y'all know, cause I went last month, but the tickets are dirt cheap. So there should be no reason why they're not at least selling at least 75, 80% of their tickets. I can, I can tell you why. Cause it's true. I mean, we know why, but I'm just saying the tickets are dirt cheap. Tickets are dirt cheap. So even if it's a bad, the tickets are dirt cheap. You know, but I will say, <clears throat> because I've, um, you know, just read online, you know, a lot of fans, they, you know, they, that was their first AEW show. They had fun, just like how I had fun. So I'm like, the shows are pretty good in person, but, you know, you, if you're just basing it off what you're seeing off TV, I can understand why you wouldn't want to buy a ticket to that show. Kurt, what's, what's your opinion on domestic attendance to live events for AEW? Because this is a trend that's been happening for a while now. The, the shows are not good, and I just think the New York, if, if they and Arthur Ashe, that's New York, right? Yeah. And I, I yeah, think I, it, I, the, Go ahead. The prices are different in New York than what they were when you went here, Brandon. But I think that might have, But they sold out the last, the, they sold out the last two Arthur Ashe shows. No, I, I don't think that last one was a sale. They showed, they showed the first one out, but. They sold the first one out, but not the second. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, I think the first one was the initial, you know, they never they never been there before. I, I think another thing that plays into this is that they're asking fans to sit through two hours of a kind of nothing happening dynamite and then sit through another hour. Brandon, you know this yourself. Sit through yeah. another hour of a nothing happening rampage. I didn't even sit through the whole hour. See? I sat through the first minute. <laughs> 
But it was because it, it was because of the night that it, if it was a Saturday night, I'd have sat through the whole thing. Right, right. You know, because I, I, I paid my money, I'm gonna sit through the whole thing. Normally, that's what I do. But it was a you know, I had to go to work the next week. I would also like there's, to point out they're not, they're not. I think, and I think, I think that might have something to do with it too. Yeah, but it, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with it. But they're not producing some good product right now. That is no, I, I agree, one hundred percent. Because you know what, you, right? You know what? It, there's a reason why I've never been to a Monday Night Raw or a Monday Night Football game because I'm like, I gotta go to work next morning. I have been to a Monday Night Football game, and I would never do that again. <laughs> and I, you know what? I say, hey man, can somebody I you terrible. That shit's terrible. <laughs> somebody, somebody asked me the other day. They were like, man, we got to go to Monday night. I was like, man, Monday night football. That's a no go. Number one, that's too late. Yeah. And number two, if I, you know what? Hey, if I got to go to Monday night football game, I'm calling off the next day. I'm yep. not coming yep. to work. And the good that's thing about that's good thing about where I work at now is if I if I did go to Monday night game, I could work from home the next day, and that's the only way I would come. Because yeah. that shit is terrible. Yeah. So on on this day in 1996, September 16th, 1996, is monumental in wrestling. That's the day Sting literally turned his back on WCW. And That's when he cut that promo. Yep, with his back turned Ooh. to the hard camera. Uh, and for several months, we would not see Sting <clears throat> until he returned in the rafters with a vulture. Um, so now, before we get into this uh, PWI 500 list, we're obviously not going to run through 500 rankings because we're not going to know some of these people. But before we do that, Hill Club, I'm going to let you come on now. But we need to keep it to about about five minutes or so uh, because we've only got about 25 more minutes left in the show. And I want to take enough time to go through this top 10 of the 500 list. So go ahead and, and request to come on, Hill Club. Dude, we, we've been on the show for over an hour already. It don't even feel like it, right? No, it doesn't. What's going on, Hill Club? You're live with us. Oh, it feels good to be live and uh, just take a moment to uh, cherish a moment in wrestling history. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Of course you have to have some fun out of that. So you wanted, so, you wanted to uh, give your opinion about The Rock showing up last night at uh, SmackDown. Yes. All right, what you now, got? Now, everybody knows that there was talks about Roman and The Rock, blah, 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 supposed to be WrestleMania last year. There could be one this year. But The Rock has got history in Philadelphia. I don't know if maybe you guys may remember the days when he was an active wrestler. The Rock's first WrestleMania was in Philadelphia as WWE champion, of course, against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, it was 15. Okay. Now, that's the beginning stepping stones for The Rock. He built his career during that time. Then afterwards, later on, a couple of Philadelphia shows happened, and I think The Rock showed up when it was the invasion era with WCW and ECW. The Rock returned in Philadelphia to join WWF at the time to 
go against WCW and the Alliance. Um, another historical moment of Rock when he was facing John Cena during the era, and he showed up in Philadelphia. It was like a, one of the return moments for him. And let's go back a little ways to 2015. The Royal Rumble hit in Philadelphia. And who won the Royal Rumble during that time? Roman Reigns. Exactly. But who came out to help him? The Rock. And that was supposed to be a torch set from The Rock passing it down to Roman. And it was and that could And there was not. But it could be the beginning of something now and saying The Rock showed up and made Roman's career bigger than what it is when he first started. This was Roman's stepping stone to becoming the tribal chief. And now when The Rock shows back up, and if he is going to face Roman at WrestleMania, it's in what city? Philadelphia. Ah, so it's going to be coming in full circle, isn't it? It could be leading to something that is full circle for Roman to finally say, hey, I'm going to face my cousin, The Rock, but is The Rock going to be well enough to face Roman at his age? Everybody wanted The Rock to come in and just beat Roman, take the title away from him, and then Roman goes away. That was talk. That didn't happen. And is The Rock going to be even in good wrestling shape to actually be moving around like that now at his age? Flair did it. I think he did. Flair is a wrestler, for God's sake. Flair is a classic from the 70s, 80s, 90s, millenniums till now and everything at his age. But I think if the, the Rock, Rock had time, he could do it. At the time, he, got he could time. Do it. But no, no, he, he had time. Like, it's Coming September. WrestleMania yeah. until April. Yeah, he had time to get in shape he, to do it. I, I, I don't think that would be an issue at all. Yeah, but then what happens after that? What happens when The Rock actually beats Roman for the title? Well, I, don't just think say, yeah, I don't think he should be. Like, I, don't, I don't think yeah. he should beat him either. But like you said, on Pat McAfee's show, he said, hey, you wanted to do something that, okay, after WrestleMania, what happens next? Yeah. So that's why they asked the match for WrestleMania, for the Pat, this previous WrestleMania, because they didn't have plans for after. He didn't, he didn't want to be a one-off. So maybe okay, they, so. maybe they, maybe they cooking up, trying to cook up something. Okay. Right so, now. so let's say this. So I can see this happening because I think by, the, by that time, WrestleMania come, the strike will be over and they'll be back to making moves or whatever. So let's say the Rock does beat him, and then the Rock says, "Okay, you know, I just want to win this title one more time and retire." And they have a tournament for the title. After that, he really and, gives the title up, and they have a tournament. Oh, that'd be cool. And who would and who would win the belt after that? Are they going to say, "Hey, maybe we should just like someone like new, someone coat like Cody Rhodes"? So I think that's where Cody would come in. Yeah, because they're saying that he's going to be on the outside looking and he's not going to finish his story. You know, at the last WrestleMania, I kind of would want to see what The Rock and Roman face each other do. Think have Roman and Cody go again. 
That's my opinion. Maybe, maybe we'll see it. Hey, they There's a lot of options out there, and they can go either way. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? It could be a, a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's a very good thing. And it could have been, like, you know, it could be on that, on that Raw after WrestleMania. It could be a one-night tournament. Yeah. And then that'll be that'll just be the basis of the whole show. We ain't got to sit here and worry about who's going to, you know, debut and all this. De- or if they want to debut somebody, they could put them in their tournament. It could be a one-night tournament. Yeah, they done mm-hmm. it before. For the, uh, for the heavyweight championship. There's just yeah. a lot of options. A lot of oh, options. Yeah. yeah, I agree. A lot of options. <laughs> and like Kurt said, that's not a bad thing. All right, Hill Club, we thank you for checking in, man. We're going to dig into this uh, PWI 500 list and talk about this top 10 uh, before we get out of here. Sounds great. Sounds great. You guys do a great job each and every time I listen. Right. Thank, thank you. Thank you. And Brandon, by the way, by the way, um, <laughs> when I face you in fantasy football, I don't want to hear. Ball. I don't want to hear no crying. You got me about my. You got me about my damn tip. Cause I was waiting on you. You got me about my tip. I'm waiting. I wait on you to say something. You got. You didn't get to me first. Oh, you already know what time. You already know what time. Course, it is. I got oh, it. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't Let's wait. Till it, I got boys. something for you. I got you. I got you, boy. <laughs> Thanks again, Hill Club. Yeah, Thanks man. Right, hey, guys. hey, hey, Peace Hill Club, man. Take care. Later, guys. All right. All right, man. That was uh, the the world's greatest heel in the world. Uh, so before we jump into this, and I think Kurt will get more of a kick out of this than, than Brandon would. Before we dive into the top 10, Kurt, guess who came in at 492? Just, just take a stab at who came in at 40. You're never going to get it. It is absolutely absurd. George South. That's what I'm looking at. What? George fucking South came in at 492. This whole list is fucking ridiculous. Man, for, for those of y'all that don't know, George South was, was a, they don't use this term anymore, but was a jobber. Back in the 80s when, when Kurt and I were young watching wrestling. And he is ranked number 492 in 200, or 2023. That is crazy. Wow. So, so basically you mean to tell me that the PWI 500 list is now free. It was what? It was what? It's free. It's free now. You can look at it. I, I guess. We have because I remember you used to have to actually had to buy the magazine to yep. see it. All right, so let's look at this list. Coming in at number 10 is Cody Rhodes. Um, uh, looking at this, looking at who they have in the top 10, I would definitely move Cody around to another spot, but, you know, that's just my opinion. Um, coming in at number 9, Josh Alexander. And number wow. 8, Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy. <laughs> At number seven, Kazuchika Okada. Number six, MJF. Number five, El Hijo del Vikingo. Number four, Gunther. Number three, John Moxley. Number two, according to this, Roman Reigns. Number one is Seth Rollins. Now, before we get into all of this, um, I I don't agree with the number one spot at all. 
Um, if you're talking about the biggest name in wrestling right now, whether he's there week in and week out or not, it's still Roman Reigns, in my opinion. Um, would you agree with that, Kurt? Absolutely. I don't. I don't agree with the top three at all. Even the top. This shit is terrible. <laughs> all right. Um. And, and Orange Cassidy at eight. You're telling me that Orange Cassidy is a better wrestler than Cody Rhodes or Josh Alexander for that matter. And, and Samoan Joe and Brian Danielson. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Because we're not even looking at all of those. You're right. You're 100 percent right. Yep. I mean, Claudio, some Orange Cassidy is better than Claudio. And and you're, you want me to believe that? You're gonna tell me that John Moxley is better than MJF or Samoa Joe or Daniel Bryan, like Kurt just said. Um, I agree. This list, I don't know who puts it together now. Um, y'all know how I feel about John Moxley. I'm not gonna revisit that, but I think Gunther ought to be in the top three right now. Absolutely. I agree with that. I don't even like it, but I agree with that. Um, at the very least, I think MJF needs to be number five. I don't know, man. Like, How did Orange Cassidy crack the top, top ten? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I have MJF in, I, I can, I'll, I'll put MJF in the top ten, number five. I don't know. Orange Cassidy shouldn't be nowhere near the top mm-hmm. 30, 40. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I uh, I don't. Under, of course, I don't watch a whole lot of New Japan or, or any Japanese wrestling for that matter. But I don't understand why Okada is at number seven. Um, I've seen uh, Vikingo two, three times on uh, AEW, but I don't see anything, in my opinion, that would put him in the top. It will at spot number five. Probably um, the stuff he does in Triple A. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, and I can, yeah. I can, I can see if they, I can see if that's what you're looking at. I understand. It. Yeah, that stuff he do in Triple A is off. The, yeah, so I, I give yeah. it. All right, so I'll, I'll give that as well. So let me ask this. Let's let's do this, Brandon. Who who would be your top three? My top three. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. On the spot, damn. Uh, <laughs> That's right. I will, I will put, you ain't got time um, to think put, about it. <laughs> I will put Roman Reigns number one. I will put um, I will put Roman Reigns number one. I will put actually I will put Seth Rollins number two, and I will put Gunter number three. Okay. And then to round out my top five, I will put um, MJF at number four, and then. Well, who will be my number five? I don't have a number five. Let me be my top four. <laughs> Kurt, what about you? What What would your top three be? I would give go Roman, Gunther, and uh, Samoa Joe. Okay, I I mean I agree. I like what Samoa Joe is doing right now. It 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 almost looks to me like he's revitalized. Um, because I think the, Joe will be in my top ten, definitely. The 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 running head in, in WWE just didn't do any sort of justice, and then they tried to turn him into an announcer. Yeah. Um. Yeah, my top three. <clears throat> I would I would probably agree with you, Kurt. I would I would go Roman Reigns, Gunther, and Samoa Joe. Um. 
I, I, I don't get the appeal of John Moxley. I'm not gonna go off on another rant. I just don't understand don't the appeal. I don't either. Uh, now, I did, I did have a conversation with Adam. Uh, shout out to Adam. He's been on the show before. Um, I did have a conversation with him, and he kind of, he didn't necessarily explain the appeal of John Moxley. That he kind of explained to me, I guess, John Moxley's sort of thought process. Um, John Moxley came up in uh, CZW, I think it was, Combat Zone Wrestling. And yeah. in, in that arena, they do this shit where they bleed every night and all of this. So that's what he grew up on. That's what he cut his teeth on. That's what he knows. Um, and he felt like he was stifled in WWE. So now here he is in AEW and is allowed to do what he loves to do, which I I guess that appeals to some people, but it just doesn't appeal to me. Um, and, you know, I know at the end of the day what appeals to me or not doesn't mean a hill of beans. Um, it's kind of like for me with ECW back in the day. There was stuff I liked about ECW, but there was so much shit I hated too. Um... I just, Brandon, do you at all get the appeal of John Moxley? A little bit, a little bit, because I think that um, with the yep. generation of fans now, he connects with them. Um, I'm in the middle with John Moxley. I don't totally hate him, but I don't totally like him either. So I'm just like right there in the middle in the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I I, I, I get it. Because, you know, when I seen him live or whatever and was watching those other guys, I, I seen him live and he brought everybody on their feet. So I'm like, he did something right to me. I'm like, he's, this, he's, he's done something right. It might not connect with me, but he connects with, you know, that generation of fans or whatever. So, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, and and, I can see that. You know, and he, he's, he's done. He's totally done something. He's done something right. So with, with, I can't hate on him that much. He might not be my cup of tea personally. But for a whole generation of fans, that's what they like. And if him, he, he could have seen the comebacks on wrestling, I totally get it. Because that's all they do when they go over there. Bleed. Ask, um, ask what's his name? Um, the former Zack Ryder. That's uh, all they do. Matt Cardona. Bleed. Right, Matt Cardona. And I'm waiting on the day he goes back to the WWE. I think that's going to be off the chain. <laughs> so I think that he had to go away for a while and cut his teeth you know, everywhere else and all that. And I think that's actually made him a better wrestler. We'll see. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't totally hope, I don't totally hate John Moxley because he's been a champion everywhere he's been. So I'm like, he, he's done, he's done something right. And he ain't had the brown nose his way around to do it. So, yeah, we don't know. Th- no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, and, and, and to be fair, to be fair, I don't get the appeal of this version of Seth Rollins. I don't either. Uh, I, I, That's why it's a new, it's a, it's, it's society, man. It's a new, this it's a sucks. new age. They're this into sucks. this shit. So, yeah, but but you know what though? Hey, it's one of them things where hey, you know what our parents said, you know, and our grandparents said the stuff that we was into sucked too. So it's like it's this, this new, it's this new, it's this the new age. That's what they like. They like. Stuff like this. This is they what they like, like. They like shit. Well, to, to, to kind of go... <laughs> That's what they like. To to kind of piggyback off what you just said, Brandon, um, 
back in the day, me and my dad, I, at, at one point I lived next door to my dad and my stepmom. And on Monday nights, every Monday night, I would go over to my dad's house and we would watch Raw together. And then after Raw, after Raw we would watch uh, The Ultimate Fighter. But but even back then, during the days of Austin and The Rock and Triple H and all of that going on, even DX, he would still watch that. There was like he didn't like DX. I yeah. got DX. I like DX. So I can see from generation to generation what you're saying. But he still enjoyed the product enough to watch. Right. There's a lot of folks that didn't like DX. But, a lot of folks that did not like DX at all. But it was still like they had stuff on there that would make you chuckle just a little bit. But and and for me, like I, I if you if you put if you sat me down and gave me a Moxley match to watch, I'm you're gonna have to strap me down. I just give you that one. I'm gonna give you that match against Jericho we had in the in 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 the cage. WWE. Who John Moxley? John Moxley. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like the name you that one. Yeah. yeah. No, of course not. I was being sarcastic. I know. I know. <laughs> I didn't like that match either. <laughs> you know what? The, 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 to be honest with you, the only match that I probably was like, all right, this was okay, was that one he had against Triple H, Triple H. Last time Triple H was the champion. That was like the one I was like, okay, but yeah, but like, but like I say, I'm 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 straight in the middle when it comes to him. Straight in the middle. Like I don't like him, but I don't dislike him at the same time. So what about what about uh what about Orange Cassidy? Orange Cassidy. Brandon. Orange Cassidy is an interesting person. <laughs> I love, you know what? The one thing that I love about Orange Cassidy is the theme music because I have, I, I now have theme music on my actual playlist. I enjoy the song. Um, but just as a performer, would I pay to go see John Orange Cassidy? No. But, but you did. No, but not. I didn't, but I didn't go to see him specifically. I went. You know, you want to know the real reason—the real reason why I went to that show, What's just it? for the purposes of for the purposes of this of this podcast and to have content to provide for this podcast. That's why I went. <laughs> That's why I invested my money and I went. That's why I, hey, that's why I did it. Nothing wrong that's with that. Thing. Nothing wrong with that's that. That's why. I, that, that's why I did it because other than that, there was no other reason why for me to go. To be honest with you, I did not need to go at that time. But I said, hey. I, 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 I work very hard. I should go. I should be able to go and enjoy myself. And I wanted to provide content for the podcast, and that's why I did. It. Hey, that's that's that's, that's great. At least me and yeah. at least you did it. Me and Kurt didn't have to suffer through that shit. I mean, yeah, but and then on top of that, I live closer to the arena than y'all. Do, yeah, that's so. true. That's true. But it still took me an hour to get there. <laughs> but I went straight to work. Welcome, you to know. But, but at the same time, the way everything. Lined up and just how stuff is just lining up. I said, I think the good Lord just wanted me to be there that night. And so. see, man, like I'm, I'm looking through this list. Claudio's twelve, Carmelo Hayes is thirteen, Samoa Joe is fourteen. They all could have been up further. God, I'd, I'd I, have switched some of them out. I'd, I'd put Carmelo Hayes at ten. I'm, I'm not the biggest, uh, the biggest Kevin Owens fan, but he's at twenty one. Oh wow. And definitely, Sammy Zayn is behind him. I would have de- okay. I would have definitely put Carmelo Hayes and Sammy Zayn in my top ten because of the year that they had. Um, who else? Who, who else? Was, who else was outside the top ten? Wesley, he's out the top ten. Oh wow! 
A lot of those guys, they had really and phenomenal then, years. So hold on, let, just to kick you. You got Nick Aldis at 57, and then you got Tyrus at 58. What? And then you got Finn. <laughs> Tyrus should have been at, look, man, Tyrus, Tyrus slow ass should have been at 500. You got Finn Balor at 61. Wes Lee is at 66. Austin, Austin Theory is at 45. Got to be kidding. That, man, I'd put Tyrus at five. I'd about to put Tyrus slow ass at 500. Exactly. Yeah, man. This, this, <clears> this, look, he was the end. He was the NWA champion, so I'm like, okay, he deserved to be on the list. But he, nah, hell no. Nah. Me and you can be in the NWA champion right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool as hell, wouldn't it? Do- Dominic, Dominic comes in at 94. What? Yep. Yeah, I'm, done, I'm done with this list right here. Dominic, Dominic could have been in the top 25. You're not going to get a Swerve Strickland at 112. I'm not. A you got to be fucking kidding me. I'm not a huge Swerve Strickland fan, but I think 112 is an injustice to Swerve Strickland. Did they put the win? Did they put the men and the women on the list together, or they just did a men's list and the women's list? I there are some women on this list. Yes. So they put women with in the 500 with men. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So L.A. Knight okay. is 130. Oh my Jesus Christ. There are some folks that deserve to be in the top fifty. Yeah, this is that that they are not in the top fifty. They got AJ. Wesley Wesley is outside of the top fifty. AJ That's not Sutton right. Ninety nine. You gotta yeah. be fucking. Jay Lee was one hundred and one. But then again, you know what? You know what? Those AJ Styles out most of the year. Matt Let's Hardy think. is at one ninety three. There's no way he should be that high. No. This is. I mean. I, I'm with with Kurt. Like this list is bullshit. Yeah, I'm Trash. I'm done. Moose, Trash. Moose. Two twenty. Get what? Because the, the guys that deserve to be pushed up a little bit further, they are so down. They are down so low, and they're trying to. It's almost as if, it's almost as if like this is a popularity contest. Luchasaurus is higher than Baron Corbin. Well, <laughs> well, hey, you man, lose anywhere you go on that. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, Baron, Baron, Baron Corbin. I'm just yeah. looking at some of these, man. This, wow, damn, I'm done. Let's get ready. Let's get ready to watch. Yeah, Kurt let's wrap this up because I'm, I'm just looking at oh, some. Yeah, yeah, it's in the club. The more I see, it's just like this is stupid. But I couldn't get over George South at uh, at four ninety two. <laughs> wow! So where's Barry Horowitz? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, yo, hey, hey! For those of y'all who are listening, Barry Horowitz is the greatest jobber of all time. Okay, no, no, he's not. Who's the greatest jobber of all time? And George Girl South might be in that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> George South. Yeah. Man, yes. Lord have mercy. Right. Rocky King. Oh, Rocky King. You got to go back and look at NWF. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to say, I don't know who the hell that is. <laughs> All right. Dan Housen at 453. <laughs> All right, man. We're going to end this show. Yeah, so they, they made Dan Housen ain't wrestled since last summer. <laughs> Oh, God. 
Oh, man. Anyway, anyway. Um, next week, folks, we're, we're going to get into discussing some of our uh, our picks for division winners um, and conference. Do we want to do conference or just division? Division. Division, and we're doing okay. Super Bowl picks, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, division and then Super Bowl picks. No, get, no, get, no, get the week. Well, we're, we're, we're getting the week one kinks out of the system first. Yeah. Cause you know, week one is week one. Everybody, everybody rest. I like it, kinky. I like it, kinky. Right, we, know, we, we, know, we know you do right. <laughs> It got real quiet then, didn't it? <laughs> no, we, no, we, we, we know you do right. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So we'll be doing that next weekend. Um, we're, it is going to be a regular show for us. We're just going to incorporate that into the show. So um, I'll start it off with saying I hope everybody enjoys uh, their football game tomorrow. Um, I hope my Broncos pick up a win, but uh, that's probably highly unlikely. But uh, otherwise, you guys have a very good week. Um, I hope your families have a great week. Um Kurt, what you got to say to the people before we get out of here? Enjoy the rest of the college football tonight and enjoy the um, NFL tomorrow. Have a good evening. Um, Brandon, you may want to look at that comment. This, this is all cheer for the Hill Football League while I'm on the road facing Brandon and beating him. <laughs> <laughs> so, when we come back next week, we're going to uh, talk about one, that particular match. Yes, I am, I am facing Hill Club in fantasy football this week. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, you all enjoyed um, football this weekend. Colorado is coming on in about seven minutes, and I'm going to try to make it through at least the first half. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But everybody just have a a safe, and I hope you all have a safe and productive week. Enjoy the wrestling and enjoy the football is coming up. Football season is in full, 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 full swing. And shout out to everybody on the fantasy team right now. You know, yeah, so. That's it. All right. Kirk, send us out of here, please, sir. Peace. 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 See y'all.